Welcome to the See the Upside podcast. I'm Nina, your podcast host. On the show, we dive deep into all the ways to uplevel your life with a focus on positivity and growth. Interviews with industry experts and innovators in the areas of wellness, spirituality, relationships, personal growth, and more shed light on all of the best practices. We talk about how to overcome obstacles, find positivity, and create and live an authentic life you love. Every challenge is an opportunity for expansion. That's what I like to call seeing the upside. Whatever challenges you've been through, be it divorce or otherwise, you deserve to discover and live your very best life. We're here to help you find it. Thanks so much for joining the conversation, and I really hope you enjoy the show. You can follow us on Instagram at c.theupside, on Facebook at c.theupside, and visit our website at c.theupside.com. Hey, everyone. We're back at another episode of Conversations with Carrie, where we've got Carrie Diggenhart, life coach from Southern California, who's joining us again today for another one of our conversations that we like to have about just life things, what ways to do things better. And today, the topic is going to be courage and what courage means and how we can step into more courage in our lives. Hey, Carrie. Hey, thank you so much for having me back on the show. I always love our conversations and I love where the topics take us. And I love when we sort of do the deep dives into, I think, topics that affect everyone, just not just people who are going through divorce or separation, men, women. I think we all face a lot of these topics and it's just helpful to talk it out and and get a a new perspective. Exactly. I love that. I love our conversations. And this topic actually came up from one of our conversations that we had. And I, I noticed with you that you often bring up the topic of courage, that you proactively look for courage in the people that you spend time with and around you. And I know is something that you have been working on in yourself and have inspired me to work on in myself too. I noticed there are a lot of areas in my life where I could probably step into courage a little bit more. So let's start by talking about what exactly is courage? How do you, how do you define courage? Well, I think there's so many different ways you can look at courage. I think when I first started, I don't want to say dabbling in the idea of it, but you know, it took a lot of courage to leave my marriage and have that conversation. And then I just sort of started taking a look at my life and seeing where I was playing a little bit small. So what, what kind of risks could I take that required courage, whether it was doing like a physical activity, like challenging myself to, you know, run a marathon or hike a mountain or whatever it was. And so I sort of started basic at these physical challenges that required courage, required me to do something new that I didn't know how to do. And then as I started thinking about it more, I think as a society, we put a lot of value around being courageous or taking risks physically and in the workplace too. But where I was and I, and I think I've, that's probably a comfortable space for me also, because I have a lot of faith in what I can do physically. And I have a lot of faith in what I can do from a work point of view, where I was struggling with courage was asking for what I wanted from other people 
or setting a boundary or saying this doesn't work for me, that doesn't work for me, or or just being just being vulnerable and open with my feelings. That was such a larger hurdle. And how can we be courageous in speaking our truth and being who we are and fully showing up as we are with the expectation and knowledge that not everybody is going to accept or be able to receive us. And that's, that's hard, especially for somebody like me, I'm a recovering people pleaser. You know, I want to be liked, but I also want to be me. And there's, that's took a lot of courage for me to step into that. I don't think that answered your question though, because that's not really a definition of courage, but I well, think I think bravery. one of the things that I think is important in, in discussing courage is courage doesn't mean you're not afraid to do something. It, it could mean that you still have fear or anxiety or you don't know what's going to happen, but you still do it, that you are willing to try. I think sometimes people think courage means you're not afraid, that you're bold and fearless, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you can still have fear and decide that it's good for you to do something, whether that's being vulnerable and open in a relationship or stepping into your authenticity or going out and dating again for the first time after divorce, whatever it is, it doesn't mean you're not afraid. It just means you're willing to try and do something. Maybe even it's because you're afraid. That's why it's courage. What do you think? Yeah, I think fear is a, it, it's so we have such an uncomfortable relationship with fear. I think when we fear, feel fear or anxiety, we look at that as sort of a red flag or a marker that we should not move forward or make ourselves uncomfortable in any way, or maybe this isn't the right choice. So it's the first step has to be with getting really grounded in what it is that you want. If you want love, but you're scared to date, it just means that that fear is showing you that it's important and that you have to be vulnerable and able to do it. You know, if you don't want to jump out of an airplane without a parachute, that's when fear is giving you valuable information that that's not a good choice. So fear can be super useful in making safe choices as long as you are in alignment with what it is that you really want. So often we want certain things in life, but we're just too afraid to go after them. That kind of fear is different than the kind of fear that says this isn't a safe alleyway to be in, or this person isn't somebody who can be trusted, or I should wear my seatbelt when I'm driving, that kind of thing. Yeah. So maybe it's becoming familiar with what the fear is telling you. If it's telling you this is something new and unfamiliar, but could be really good, or if it's telling you this person is giving you signals that their, their actions aren't align, aligning with their words or whatever it is, that's, that's maybe something that you need to look deeper at. Yeah, absolutely. A tool we use in coaching is letter writing. And I use this a lot with my clients. If they have a particular fear that's coming up and they don't know if it's something that they should be honoring and staying far away from, or if it's something that's really getting in the way of what they want. And so I, what I have them do, and I do this myself all the time is I have them write a letter to fear, dear fear. Hi, what, (laughs) what is it you want me to know? 
You keep popping up every time I think of asking for that job promotion. You keep popping up every time I think of getting online and dating, you you know, and just writing out the letter to fear and then taking a moment and from fear's perspective, writing a response. So, and just to use myself as an example, let's say I say, dear fear, I've just met someone new and, you know, you keep popping up and you sort of are getting in the way for me actually being present and you're telling me to run and you're telling me not to trust, but it doesn't feel right. And, and I really just want to let go and be free. And I want to be able to flow in the moment. And I, I, I want to be able to see where this thing takes off. And then fear's response would be like, dear Carrie, you've made bad choices. I'm here to protect you. If you listen to me, if you, you know, guard yourself, you won't get hurt again. And then, so then I could respond to that as well. Dear fear, I've got me. I'm okay. I got this. I know what the risks are. I know I could get hurt. It's worth it. This is something I want. And it's sort of, sort of this like give and take and relationship that we have with fear where we don't have to hide from it. We don't have to be mad about it. We can lovingly thank it for trying to protect us, but to also let it know that we've got us, we've got our own back. Yeah, it's like peeling back the layers of exactly what the seed of the fear is. Why is it going on? Mm-hmm. So interesting. I think that's important to rather, because I think sometimes the adrenaline rush, I don't know if it's adrenaline, but that like kind of rush of anxiety that comes with fear can, the emotion is so strong that it can sort of like, roadblock you from doing anything because all you do is feel the tingle anxiety of fear. So you're not even thinking about why it's there or where it's coming from or what the source is or what the old story is, or, you know, why it's trying to protect you or, you know, if it's something to push you or not, it's just, you're so frozen by the fear of it. Absolutely. I think we do that with most uncomfortable emotions. We, try to avoid them. We, we try to pick the option that's going to get us furthest away from that uncomfortable feeling. And to your point, like what's underneath the fear it is, it's peeling back the layers and trying to get down to where the source of this came from. And maybe it's something that happened to you, you know, in childhood or even in your adult life where you took a risk and it didn't work out and you got hurt. But the thing is, is that it didn't, ruin your life. Like you, there's been opportunities for you to rebuild or learn or grow from the experience and become stronger. I think sometimes when fear pops up for me, I find myself approaching it from an older version of me, an older version of me that didn't know how to speak my truth quite as well, or wasn't quite as confident in voicing my needs. And so like, let's say fear pops up and we'll use dating as an example. I have to remind myself, I'm not that older version of me that used to date and maybe didn't speak up enough or didn't ask for what I want, but I don't do that anymore. So that fear doesn't need to keep popping up because I've learned that lesson. I've moved on from that. So let's go into that a little bit more. Why do you think, and you were kind of going into this earlier, why do you think so many of us are so afraid to be authentic? How can we have more courage to be exactly who we are? Because I think 
when we're not authentic, it's exhausting, right? We're basically like acting and trying to be something that we think the other person wants us to be. And it's not sustainable. It's not real. But, but I think a lot of us have this fear of being ourselves that are, if we show our true selves and are in our authentic truth, that it's not going to be good enough. Why, why do you think we have that? Well, I think it all starts with, if I don't like me, then how are you possibly ever going to like me? So if I'm not really comfortable and then putting myself out there authentically is going to be really scary because I, I already don't have a strong sense of self or belief in myself or love for myself. So any kind of criticism or feedback or rejection is going to hurt really bad because I'm already doing that to myself on a daily basis. How quickly do you abandon yourself when things don't go your way will be a really good indicator on what kind of relationship you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so we create what we think the other person wants or needs or what will get us to a place where we're well-liked and it's not coming from an authentic place. And then let's say that person doesn't want to work with us, doesn't want to date us, doesn't whatever it could be. And it, it wasn't even the truest version of us. So now we're being rejected for something that we aren't that for somebody that we aren't even that they're not even a part of us. So the only way you can find out who your people are, where you should be in your life, whether it's, you know, work or personal is by being the truest version of you. But the only way you can do that is by cultivating that relationship with yourself. Yeah. I think a huge part of having the relationship with yourself, at least for me have, has been learning how to forgive myself. I'm such Mm -hmm. a type A Virgo firstborn. I was on a date recently and I said that I was like, listen, I am type A. I'm a Virgo. I'm a firstborn. I like rules. Like he was like, what does that even mean? And I'm like, well, it just means that I'm hard on myself basically is what it comes down to that I have high expectations for myself, but it made me realize I need to learn to be more gentle and kind and forgiving. And it was interesting because I had something happen recently where I didn't love the way I showed up in a dating situation. And I was very disappointed in myself, but I circled back around with it over the course of like a day or two. And I forgave myself for falling into an old pattern that I don't want to be in anymore. And I think I learned that that's what the point of that was to show me you're not going to do that anymore. It doesn't feel good to you anymore to be that person in a partnership. And so Mm. I had to go through this whole process of forgiving, accepting, being okay with the outcome of that. And then like moving on, you know, learning from it. Yeah. And having courage. (laughs) Absolutely. I think just to sort of circle back to where you started, you can be a Virgo, you can be a type A, and you can be firstborn. And none of that is derogatory. None of that's bad. Like, I would stop you if I were your coach in that moment and ask you to sort of reframe the way you're marketing yourself as if all those things are bad. There's nothing bad with any of the things you've listed. 
But then what you did is you drew this like correlation to, I'm a Virgo type A firstborn. I like rules and structure, which is rigidity or something is what I think of. Yeah. The dot to I'm hard on myself, but those things, those don't, those don't necessarily go hand in hand. You being hard on yourself is something completely different. So it would be, if I were your coach, it's like, how do we, how do we dig into the essence of who you are and broaden it a little bit? Because you are also so much more than the things you listed. And sometimes what we do is we take a very pinpointed view on certain aspects of ourselves that maybe we're not comfortable with. And we make that the the wholeness of our identity when really you are way more complex and much more beautiful than just the things you listed. And so, and then the fact that you would even have to say that to anyone as if some sort of like precursor to, Hey, watch out here. Here I come, but it, 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 it's all good. Like there's going to be somebody out there that's going to really benefit by knowing you and being able to be around you because they know there's going to be structure and you know, they know that they can rely on you and they know that you are accountable and that you are, you know, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. How beautiful is that? Like, isn't that a much better way of framing the things you listed about yourself? Like the positive aspects of how, you know, how, how you can be trusted and you're honorable and you show up and you do the things you say you're going to do. That's the same as type A. That's the same as, you know, liking structure. Yeah. And I love your feedback that I'm so much more than that. It's almost like I'm rolling out the, what I perceive to be the flaws, you know, it, from the get go, like, Hey, here are my difficult things. You're right. I mean, that I probably should reframe that story in my own head, really, right? I mean, not even the story that I tell, but the story that I tell myself in my head. Exactly. The story you tell yourself in your head that at some point, somewhere in your life, somebody told you and you bought it, you bought into it, you believed it, and you made it part of your identity. So somebody said to you, you're too, you're too type A. What does that, what does that even mean? It didn't, doesn't matter what it meant. You created your own definition around it as being something that that's not a good thing that makes you rigid, which is not necessarily true at all. But for some reason you've created a narrative around that and made it a bad thing when it doesn't have to be. I think when we can really learn about ourselves, you know, deeply with the blinders off all the things that we think maybe bad, have a flip side to that coin. Like there's actually a lot of beauty that can come from those things. And there's so much more to you. So in that arena, what do we do if we've had trauma or reasons to be afraid, you know, that courage comes difficultly in certain areas of our life because we've been hurt. So in either in a relationship or asking for more autonomy in a job or whatever it is that we want to have courage for, but we're holding ourselves back. We're creating our own roadblocks because of old stories or old events that have happened. What are ways to work through that for someone? 
Yeah, I, I think it's just sort of like I mentioned earlier, sort of reframing how we look at ourselves first and foremost. So if somebody has given you feedback in the past, whether it's in work or in a relationship, whether it's a rom- romantic or even with a friend, that you you don't have to believe everything that's told to you. And if somebody says no to you or that you're not right or you're wrong in the way you perceive things, you don't have to accept that. You can continue to look for better. If somebody, if you're asking for more autonomy in your job and the the workplace is just sort of giving you feedback that that's not going to happen and they're not going to give you that raise or that promotion or the things that you want, you don't have to settle for that. I think so often we give credence to things outside of ourselves more than we do to our own inner voice, to our own inner knowing and to holding on to the belief that I'm so much more than that and I can be whatever I want. I can have whatever I want the biggest thing getting in the way of that is me and whether or not I choose to believe the things that are the feedback I'm receiving or the people who aren't accepting me for who I am. You know, I've, I've, I've had family members even give me feedback about things that they thought weren't great about me. Oh, Carrie, you're too sensitive. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) I like that about me because while you're at it as something that's challenging for you to deal with being in, you know, this familial relationship with me, I look at it as something that's pretty cool because I will always be there for you. I will always recognize your needs. Like there's, there's a flip side to every coin can being overly sensitive, be challenging for sure. Like, are there moments that like I have to, you know, check in with myself? Yes. But is there beauty and all of these different facets of our personality regardless of, of whether or not somebody has told us that there isn't, what narrative do we want to believe? It goes back to what I said earlier. How quickly do you abandon yourself when things don't go your way or when you mm. are accepted for who you are? Are you jumping on board with the people who are hurting you or are you standing up for yourself and just, and saying, you know what? I might have room for improvement in that area, but I love who I am and I'm going to keep being me. Love that. You know, what I think is being courageous too, is deciding to embrace qualities in other people that maybe you're not as familiar with or aren't your strengths, but seeing them as beautiful. Like you're saying that maybe you're more private and reserved and not as emotional, but you know, you have a friend that's like you, that's so open-hearted and loving and giving, and maybe you don't totally understand it, but you can see it and appreciate it. And I think that takes a certain sense of courage and openness to appreciate that too. Yeah. I have a friend and she always is, she says constantly in amazement, she goes, Oh, Carrie, you know, you're, 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 you're so open and you're so vulnerable and you're so out there with your feelings. And she's definitely a little bit more guarded and reserved and stoic, but she, on the other hand is so she steps so fully into her worth. There is not a question about how value she knows how valuable she is. She knows she's a catch. She knows anyone would be lucky to date her. And I don't necessarily hold that perspective very well. (laughs) The two of us. I like love we, that. We need some of that. Can we boil that down and yeah. make it into like a tonic or something? <laughs> so she inspires me to stand more in my worth when I see her just not even question whether or not somebody's going to like her. And I inspire her to be more open and vulnerable and touch into her feelings a little bit more. And, 
instead of writing people off that maybe aren't showing up for her in the way that she would like. So that's a great thing that you brought up. Like I, you know, I have this particular friend and we, we balance each other and we share our dating experiences together. And it, it's, I, I know we inspire each other for sure. Yeah. Well, I do think the more I'm learning and growing in my own personal growth journey, the more I realize that courage is about what you let in and what you open up to. It's not as much about being fierce or being a warrior, being a fighter. It's, it's actually almost the opposite. It's like tuning in to your sensitivity and allowing that part to be seen. Absolutely. I know. I think some of the most terrifying moments in my life are, you know, just those arguments with family members where maybe I've disappointed them or I've hurt somebody's feelings or I haven't shown up in the way that I would have liked to. And I, and I, I made an impact and not in a positive way on people I love. And the courage for me was having to bear witness to that and not run away from it, not numb it out, not pack it up in a box and put it on the shelf, but let those, you know, people in my life explained to me about how, you know, it wasn't intentional. Like I don't, I didn't do anything intentionally mean, but I hurt somebody's feelings sitting with that and doing two things with it. One, taking it all in as feedback. And then probably the second part is knowing that that's not all of who I am. We are not the mistakes we make. We're not the errors and judgment or the lapses and and decisions that we make that maybe didn't pan out in the best way. Like I'm way more than the disappointment that I've just caused this person because I know that there are, they wouldn't have been disappointed in me to begin with had I not shown up in a totally different way the majority of the time, right? So if I was always not showing up for this person, they probably wouldn't even be in my life, but I was important enough for them to say, Hey, you hurt my feelings. And I didn't abandon myself in that moment. And I showed courage and bravery towards myself where I sat with the feedback and I, I let it move through me. I made it course correction. You know, I course corrected. I, but again, I didn't make it a part of who I am Go like from going forward. I think a huge part of courage is owning your mistakes and flaws. Mm-hmm. That is something that I think is really, really, really hard for a lot of people that they default to defensiveness, to deflecting, to blaming other people, to blaming outside factors, to this happened to me. It doesn't feel good to know that you made a mistake. Having the courage to own your stuff, to apologize, to say, I should have done this differently or whatever it is. It's really, really scary, but it's probably one of the most healing, peace providing, satisfying, catapulting to growth things that you can do is, and nobody's expected to be flawless and a perfect human being on this planet. I mean, we're all having a human experience. And if you're not making some missteps, then you better get out of your freaking box and start living a little bit. Then you're not growing. You're not expanding. How can you learn if you don't fail and make mistakes? But I think it's very important to 
be okay with and get uncomfortable with owning the mistakes. It's hard. And you know what it does is it actually deepens the relationship you have with that person and it deepens the relationship you have with yourself. If you not only ask for forgiveness, but you forgive yourself and you know that you're, you're, you're much more than just that single occurrence. So now the person I was working with or, you know, who had feedback for me knows that I can be trusted with that information, knows that like my heart is in the right place. And even if they came at me really upset, but then they saw my willingness to listen, that diffused it so quickly. Now, had I been defensive and and fought for myself or or didn't want to hear the message that it would have escalated, it would have broken the trust between us. It would have created you know a long term effect on on the relationship that was important to, to me. Like it was something that I you know wanted to show up for. I agree with you that I think when someone refuses to own their role or their, you know, misstep or whatever it is that that fuels anger and frustration. And it almost gives the other person ammunition to continue that attack. You know, it just escalates from there. But, you know, on the flip side of that also is that there are times in my life where I have, I have received feedback that I didn't necessarily agree with, but I also in the same breath allowed that person their perspective. So I allowed them to have that because I'm never going to tell anybody how they can and can't feel, especially about me. And so they can have that and they can hold that, but I'm also not going to own it. Like I'm not going to totally accept it, but I'm not going to deny their experience. I think there's room, I think, and so often in life, and this can create a lot of fear is the polarization that everything has to be, is that a yes? Or is that a no? Is that black? Is that white? I even work with my clients, like I'll have a client come to me and say, should I make a pro con list? And I said, no, because all you're doing is you're, you're chopping up your energy. You're, you're focusing on these yeses or nos when there can be a balance of both. It could be a yes and, or a no, but there can, we don't want to break down the energy around something. And that creates, that's something that requires a lot of courage. Instead of feeling into the pro con, feel into the feeling of what would it feel like if you did the thing and were successful? What would it feel like if you didn't do the thing? Would you have regret? Would you wish you would have had that conversation, even though it was uncomfortable? Is is staying where you're at right now and at work really benefiting you? Like is having that scary conversation with your boss worse than you know staying in your job? There's there's that's sort of where the energy should go is feeling into what's actually wanting to be seen and felt. Mm, Yeah. Well, how do you think we can all call in more courage into our lives overall, either within ourselves or with the people we surround ourselves with? What's a way to do that? I think it can start off really small, like little tiny baby steps that start with you just showing up for yourself every day. And it can be making decisions throughout the day that just show you that you've got your back. So if you're debating between tasks that you have to get done, what's something that you could do that maybe would seem. It could be a bold move, not a bold move. Yeah. It could be a power move. move. (laughs) It's just making decisions throughout the day that really support you. 
and not criticizing yourself for wanting the thing or doing the thing that maybe doesn't make a lot of sense. I think so often in life, we just don't give ourselves permission to do the things that we really want to do. Instead, we're doing all the things that we feel like we have to do. But I think that giving ourselves permission to do the things that actually light us up creates a really strong connection with ourselves so that we don't self-abandon when the fear pulls up, wants to show up and talk to us. So I think that that's the first place to step in courage is showing up for yourself every day so that you have that, that bravery to do the things that are hard. But again, if you're not going to show up for yourself, if you're going to self-abandon, self-criticize, self-mutilate, whatever it is that you do to punish yourself or, or, or hold yourself back or make yourself small or make yourself quiet, it's just, it's an act of not showing up and loving yourself. I think part of that is learning to just listen to yourself, pay attention to your feelings, start under like in a real life situation. If you're, I don't know, you know, out on a date or whatever, and you're feeling uncomfortable, why are you feeling that start paying attention? What is it that things that are happening that the person is saying or doing and having compassion for yourself for feeling that way. Like don't stop judging. That's another thing you and I talk about is stop judging our feelings and start allowing them to be felt because they're telling us something, whether it's fear or anger or frustration or whatever it is, it's there telling you something. Yeah. Feel into your own self, feel into the emotion, feel into your body. Times in my life where I'm in a really uncomfortable situation and my body is, is having a physical reaction to it. And then I find myself, oh, I need to stay in this really uncomfortable conversation that's not, you know, not in my best interest because the other person needs to get something off their chest or the other person has a need that I'm expected to fill or the other person won't like me if I say, you know what, I can't do this right now. It doesn't feel right. So I, that's another example of self-abandonment is like not listening to your emotions and also not listening to your body, not listening when things don't feel right and not standing up for yourself in those moments. You don't have to do everything right at the time that it's being presented to you. I think we as humans have a, a huge problem with the space in between things. It's like, I'll get, you know, a text message from somebody and it, And I feel like there's this overwhelming pressure to respond immediately. Or if somebody has a need, if somebody needs me, I feel like I have to drop everything and show up for that. Putting a lot of pressure on ourselves or maybe not giving things the space that they need to breathe and sort of work themselves out. Yeah, love that. Well, thank you for the conversation. Anything else you want to add about courage? I just think that most of us are much stronger than we give ourselves credit. and. I come back to that. It's a quote from the Wizard of Oz where Glenda says to Dorothy, you you had the power all along, my dear. And I truly do feel that there's so much more inside of us than we give ourselves credit. I feel like we sell ourselves short on the kinds of risks we can take, the conversations we can have, the the goals we can go after, whatever it is. It, It doesn't even need to be defined. There are things that we want that we're afraid of going after because we feel we're not the right person or we're not the right age, or we're going to be rejected or we'll be looked at as too needy or too emotional or too, too whatever. And I just feel that if we start showing up for ourselves a little bit every day and, and having the courage to have those conversations, we are much more resilient than we even give ourselves credit. 
And I also feel that with courage, it builds. It's not like a one and done. It's like with these little steps and with taking these moves towards showing up for yourself, you're going to find that your capacity to be brave in other areas expands exponentially just by a result of you showing up every day. Well, it's almost like once you have a little bit of courage, you get confidence from that and it edges out a little bit more, a little bit more. I also wanted to mention that when I got divorced initially, I had many, many women tell me, oh my gosh, you're so brave. You're so strong. I could never do what you did. Mm -hmm. And the reality is sometimes we do what we have to do and courage is thrown into our face because we were pushed off the cliff, you know, and we are required to be courageous and we become so much more courageous than we ever thought we could be because there's no alternative. And I think that's how life kind of goes is sometimes when you play small and safe for a really long period of time, the universe is going to go, you're not going to do this anymore. We're going to push you so that you have to be more courageous. Absolutely. I think, and then you learn, wow, I do have courage. I am strong. I can do all these things. Like you're saying, you just expand and build upon that. Once you get even just a little win or a really big win, either one. Yeah. Yeah. We get one life. Yeah. Mary Oliver, what are you going to do with your one precious, beautiful life? And I think that we can get so busy just sort of getting stuck on our routines or what's expected of us that we forget to show up in a courageous way to live the life that we really truly desire. And we create a lot of stories around how it's not possible or not for me, or I'm not good enough. And again, that's why the first step to courage is to just be there for yourself, show up for yourself, believe in yourself. Love it. I love that final note to end right there. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, thank you again for joining. Love thank you. It. Love our conversations. I always get so much from them and I love the work that you're doing. Just please keep inspiring women. Thank you for being a partner on this journey. It's so much more fun together. Thanks for joining today's episode of See the Upside podcast. For more details about today's guest and show notes and links, visit our website at seetheupside.com. You can find us on Instagram at see.theupside and Facebook at seetheupside. If you love today's show, please spread the light by giving us a rating or sharing it with a friend. We appreciate you so much and love sharing the positivity with anyone who could be inspired by it. We're all on a beautiful journey and it's so much more fun doing it together and sharing our stories with each other along the way. Can't wait till next time.